It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Back in the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and whilst Christmas is around the corner, some people, including me, are feeling anything but festive and that's mainly down to what we're witnessing on the pitch at the moment. Shortly, we're going to introduce our guests, but just wanted to say a big thank you for all your support this year. It's been truly appreciated. Whether you catch up with us via the pod, this very show, or the YouTube channel itself, we've really appreciated all the love. And if you want to help us out for free, then you can do so by giving every video on YouTube that we do a like, but also on the pod by leaving us a review. We would truly appreciate it. Now then, Saturday at Middlesbrough, kudos to any fan that travelled up. It's a long way to go. Coaches left Weymouth at 1.15am. Not a pretty one. But to discuss it, well, we've got some familiar faces by the way of Tom Jordan. We've got Jeff Hayward. We were privileged to be joined by Jacob Tanswell for Dorset Live, covering the cherries to the nth degree. A superb amount of analytical data and accuracy in all of his articles, which always create a good talking point. But you may want to watch the video for this because a certain Tiggs is presenting and, well, he's he's dressed to impress. That's all I'm going to say. Take it away, Tiggs. Tom Jordan. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right, Tiggs. Um, nice to see your face as always, even if it's a little bit a little bit greeter today. But um yeah, disappointed weekend, mate, but looking forward to dissecting it now. 
Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a good one. And uh, we've also got with us um, Feliz Navidad, Jeff. Yeah, well, I've been taking some time to mull things over. Ready for a bit of a wine. Ready for a bit of a wine. And uh, we're very uh, delighted to be joined today by Jacob Tanswell. Thank you, Jacob, for coming on. No problem at all. I feel a little bit underdressed, but we'll give this a go. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a great one. Don't you worry. So on Saturday, uh, Andras Spora scored from the penalty spot as Middlesbrough moved closer to the championship playoff places with a victory over the Cherries, who missed. We missed our chance to go top, and it was a good chance at that. Other results mean we now have a cushion of one point over third spot, looking there, uh, which is actually only one point better off than we were at this point last season. I won't say any more than that at the moment, Tom. I'm sure you might have something to say later on. Uh, Jeff, if you can answer this, you will be a genius, but... um, Where's it all going wrong? Mm. There's obviously the performance on the pitch isn't great, but I think things seem to be going a little bit awry, a bit further up. Just looking at the body language of the players, looking at the attitudes of the players, looking at the coaching staff. And I was interested to watch Scott Parker's interview on Sky after the game. It's almost like he's watching a team that isn't his team. And I, he's sort of talking about, we're going through this blip, there's this, there's that, the other, but he does, he feels a bit detached from it. I, I, I don't see the kind of ownership of this problem. And it is not a blip. This is not a blip. How many games now? I suppose you could say it's more of a blip. It's, 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 it's a little bit. It's, it's <laughs> a little, a bit little blip is two or three games. This is getting serious. And if we're not careful, I mean, this is relegation form at the moment. And for the quality of the players, the quality of the coaches, the quality of the setup, the money behind the club, and for all those fans, not least the 500 plus who travelled to Middlesbrough, to be treated to a performance like that, that is so far not good enough. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's hard to argue with you at the moment, Jeff. I must say, I'm, I'm, I'll pull in Jacob in a minute. Uh, Jacob, you made the journey there, or, or, sort of an absurd, absurd twelve thirty kickoff for a six-hour trip, um, and you, you took a. Just to say, you know, actually, uh, Jacob, we're a big fan of different transport methods, and you had to take a few to get yourself to to Middlesbrough. Um, how do you feel after a journey up there for, for that game? To be fair, I think I've seen London Waterloo more than my family in recent times. I'm always going up there on, on trains, but I'm just disappointed, really, because I was expecting a, a bounce back. You know, we, Scott Park has been promising a reset for a number of weeks now, and it's not yet come. From, from what I hear, they're still make, they're consistently maintaining that they're going to bounce back. Next game, next game, next game, and there's been no rumblings of discontent in the camp they all firmly behind Scott Parker but the question is now is like Jeff said the next couple of games they've got, got to press that reset button and they've got to start winning games otherwise the pressure's just going to keep on mounting and when the team news came out Tom we were feeling pretty festive pretty full of cheer <laughs> because it looked like a strong team one of the strongest we've put out for a while yeah it did I kind of probably expected Lloyd Kelly to come back in and then but Zamora was a was a plus status last back in the squad big plus and yeah, we we looked like we had a few few bodies back. We knew we were going to be without Lerma, but yeah, you looked at the side and the balance of the side, and 
and that kind of Samura Anthony down that left hand side. And I just I just thought we're going to have too much for him. And uh, Billing obviously back as well. So yeah, it's really really surprising to see the performance we did. But um, yeah, I was I think most most fans are more than happy with with how we set up. Really, it wasn't it wasn't that you know we can't keep using this. You know, we got players out. I mean the that lineup and the quality on the bench as well was was all there. So um, yeah, made it even more disappointing to be honest. Jacob, it, when you saw that lineup, what were you thinking? I was thinking no excuses now. Uh, Lloyd Kelly's back, Jordan Zamora's back. From the, from the kickoff, I think Zamora bombed up past Jaden Nancy. I thought, right, here we go then. That left-handed partnership's going to be re-established. And after that, not a lot happened. I think Gavin Kilkenny was key. I, I wanted him in, really. I know I'm a big fan of him, but I just felt both have been missing that control. And Lewis Cook, since his injury, he's not quite been the same player. And I don't think... My only concern was I don't think you can play Lewis Cook and Kilkenny in the same team in that system. I don't think Lewis Cook looked as comfortable as Jefferson Lerman would, for example, making them forward runs without the ball. So that was my only concern. And I thought on, on the day, Gavin Kukkonen has brought his best outfield player. But like I said, there should have been no excuses. But in the end, I think there might have been. It's interesting you say there, Jacob, that Kilkenny was our best outfield player. Tom said a similar thing straight after the game. But it, it seemed from very early on in the game, it wasn't outfield that our best player was going to come from, was it, Jeff? God, we started so slowly, didn't we? Um, it's 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 something that we talked about a lot last season, and there there were going to be many many comparisons with the form from this time of year last season, where we just start like we expect to win games, we don't put the shift in, we're quite passive. The way we defended early on, um, I, Kelly, I was forgiving of him because he's only played you know 30 minutes before that game after being out but still he had an opportunity to tackle in the box he didn't Steve Cook throws himself in front of that cross Kelly doesn't he just sort of half-heartedly stuck a leg out and they nearly scored from it you know and that is just not good enough and it's sending the wrong signals out to the rest of the team if you're not putting it in from the very start it is not good enough no and I, there was a Brilliant save from from Travers within like six minutes, and it, it it seemed just from that straight away that you know, we didn't pick up the runner. Reminded me a bit of you, Tom, arriving late in the box there, uh, there guy to, to almost score. Um, very flat footed start, as you said, Jeff. But then t- about twelve minutes in, it looked like we might get a chance. Our press started to work. Slanky won the ball back from a, from a borough defender, and he had a heavy touch. He ran into Anthony. Anthony passed it, then on to Solanke, but it was it was just too much from there. Oh, we're starting to see now maybe Anthony Jacob Tanswell is not is not as sharp as he was. We were relying on him so much earlier on the season. I think that's understandable, isn't it? It's, you've got to remember it's his first real season, isn't it? Isn't it in professional football in that higher level? And I think even when Bournemouth have been having this blip, he's the kind of the guy that's been trying to make things happen. He looks quite bright, but. Like, he, like I said, for a 22-year-old, he, he's going to have this dip. And this is where possibly Parker needs to think. Uh, Jamal Lowe, Morgan Rogers, th- these are the players that we kept talking about squad depth early in the season. Let's see that depth now. Maybe bring on Jaden Anton in the last 20 minutes of the game, but keep him starting games. And when really, you know, being the main guy to support Dominic Solanke in the goal-scoring department, that's a lot of pressure on a guy that's making his way into football. And Tom, there was a there were calls from the Middlesbrough fans, you know, very concerned about Middlesbrough playing out from the back, something they're not really used to. But Wilder, something he wants to persist with, and it gave us another opportunity 
quickly after it again, um, Anthony, you know, managed to get on the ball and and have a chance, almost for a second there, like it could be a one on one. Yeah, it was a really really good chance, and he, he, he manipulated the ball quite well. But um, yeah, just kind of scuffed it, scuffed it wide. But yeah, we it felt a bit reminiscent of that Swansea game at home where they were very persistent on playing out from the back, and I just felt if we kept that press up that we'd have opportunities, uh, which we obviously did. I felt like sometimes Dom was doing it on his own and we needed to get a little bit closer to him. But um, yeah, the, the chances were coming and I know we'll go on to it and we missed some big chance that first half, but I still feel, you know, Scott Parker after the game seemed to say how bad we were second half, but were we actually that good first half? We, we had some really good chances, don't get me wrong, and they've got to put them in. But as we alluded to, we were vulnerable defensively and I just felt sometimes we... I don't know. I just I felt like Dom was too isolated, and we needed to get a little bit, little bit closer to him. And yeah, like I say, that we were getting caught out as well. And uh, just felt the way they were playing out from the back, we really could have used that to our advantage. And on that occasion, we did, and um, and we could put it away. But yeah, there were even more ch- better chances to come after that one. There, there was, and again, about thirty-three minutes. Jeff Christie mm. wins the ball right flank. He, ball comes in over to Solanke, but that header. Just couldn't quite direct it in, could he? Who do you want on the end of that cross? Do you want Dom? And I could not believe it when he headed it past the post. It's It was indicative, I think, of a first half where we were under-hitting the ball, we were missing chances, we were... Touch was off, we were so slow. You know, Every player seemed to want about two or three touches before moving the ball on. And when we play like that, we are so easy to defend against. And Tom's absolutely right. Solanke was isolated. That is the poorest 90 minutes I've seen from Christie since he's been at the club. And I think Jaden Anthony, he's been off his game the last couple of matches. He just seems to have lost his confidence a bit, almost. And I'm, I'm not sure whether there are distractions around his contract talks going on perhaps but he just doesn't seem as focused and you'd have thought with Jaden and Zamura back the dream team but it was almost like Jaden had forgotten that Zamura does underlaps and overlaps and he should pass to him really quickly he just totally forgot it and then again Borough had another chance Jacob and uh, again Travers made a, a fantastic save this young lad we talk about, you know, young players and having to play the season, the first full season. But boy, is he is he doing a good job of it so far. And luckily for Bournemouth, he's doing it at their possible, you know, worst possible time, isn't he? The amount of saves he's yeah. been making. Um, what's it going to be interesting for me is in January, because um, before the season and even in the first couple of games, I don't think Scott Park was entirely confident in Travers. I don't think the coaching staff were, but... I don't know what you think, but he's completely proving that he should be the number one until the end of the season. And hopefully, you know, if Bournemouth go promoted as well, get promoted as well, because I think he deserves it. And I'm sure we'll come on to it. But the saves he's made in that first half and that second half, he stops it from, you know, being quite painful. Yeah, I, I agree. And it is interesting because I imagine they probably had a sit down, Blake and Parker and a few mm. others, and talked about targets probably pre season. And now those targets that they'll be looking at now are probably completely different. Tear up your notes, throw them away, maybe. Um, but we'll we'll see, I'm sure. Uh, and then uh, about, well, just before I think the end of the half, we had a we had another chance. Tom um, Christie did brilliant to get across his defender, did all the hard work, but it's just not happening for him, is it? 
oh, I just I don't know if this guy's ever going to score, but I said, it just won't it won't go in, will it? I mean, he just all he had to do was really just thought he just got to connect with this, but he kind of put it into the floor, didn't he? And yeah, it kind of summed up our our half really with that miss. But yeah, it was like Jeff said, it was it was definitely Christie's poorest performance. I I love Ryan Christie, I think he's been been really good, but yeah, that the goal scoring side of things is just not happening for him and when you need a goal and we, we ended up taking him off in the second half, which I think said it all as well. Uh, but yeah, he was getting involved in, in all them key chances, but missed again. And uh, yeah, like it's going to be interesting January because um, like, like Jacob said, then going back to Travers as well, it's, it felt like we would have got Woodman if it wasn't for, you know, COVID and kind of problems at Newcastle. So uh, really interesting. We were kind of forced into having Travers and I was certainly one that wouldn't have been confident going into it, but absolutely outstanding again. And um, we've actually, you yeah, know, look at it. I think Christie's been a good a good signing as well. I think Jamal Lowe's done bits and bobs. So, you know, we've recruited okay. So, but we might have to, to look at a few more options now. So that will be interesting. So, Jeff, then we go into half time. Mm. You know, you're pacing around. I'm sure you are. Mm. And you're think and you're thinking, right, Parker's gonna get him in there and he's gonna and he's gonna say, Look, lads, we need to change something, we need to do something different. Um no. mm. were you expecting up the tempo. Up up the the tempo. tempo. Up but the what, tempo. What you got was not what you expected, probably. No, it was less tempo. It was conceding more space to them. It was it was playing playing as if they couldn't wait to get out of there with a nil-nil. And um, we kept we kept making the same mistakes. The, 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 the playing out from the back, I think, is is great. You know, Middlesbrough had issues with it. We have issues with it sometimes. On Saturday, we we seem to uh, when we play that midfield pivot of Lewis Cook with Kilkenny, there's not enough running to support the guy receiving the ball on the flank. And Christie was losing the ball a lot, just picking the ball up from Stacey, just being brushed off the ball. And it's because there's nobody inside feeding off a first-time ball that he feels he has to try and control it and do something on his own, which is impossible in that space. So that was happening a lot. Other side, Jaden Anthony, exactly the same situation. You know, there was nobody picking the ball up or giving him an option for an inside ball. That's normally billing or it should be Lerma, or it should have been Cook or Kilkenny on Saturday. And we just weren't doing that. There was no fluidity, nothing nothing there, and it just got worse and worse and worse as the game went on. Um, leadership on the pitch evaporates. And, I mean, Jaden Anthony, uh, if, if you make that mistake as a Sunday league player, what he did, you know, you're going to get balled out and dropped. And how, how, why, what is going through his head when he, when he does that beats me. Sorry, it still feels a bit negative, but that's how I felt watching it. It was just like brainless stuff they were doing. It was a, that's a good point with Jeff's making as well with that midfield. I, I just don't think we're getting the right balance in that midfield three. I think Gavin Kilkenny and Lewis Cook seem to want to drop, they want to drop deep. That's what they want to do. They want to drop deep, receive the ball from the centre-halves. And we're trying to get Lewis to do something that he's not comfortable with. And it just, it ruins the, the balance in there and the connections in there for me. And yeah, like Jeff said, Jane Nantley with the with the penalty as well was um, was a typical attacker that's trying to make up for an error. Um, and what, one of them things, one that I thought the lad went down quite easy, but he, it was a silly tackle. It was always going to be a penalty. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, prior to that, Travis has kept us in the game. 
it, it's it's difficult to. Is there anything that Anthony could have done there? Do you think? Is there anything he could have done differently once he's once he's making that that desperate run back, Jacob? It, or it, was it just sort of nailed on? You know, that was what was going to happen. I think when you make one mistake, especially for a youngster, I think you're so desperate to try and atone for it. So, and I just think a more experienced player would probably just say, just let him go, let someone else deal with him one v one in that box. But because he's because he's such a you know good lad, he wants to do his defensive duties. He just thought, I need to I need to atone for this straight away, get back, and you know he just made a you know rush clear or you know rush tackle. It's it's quite funny in the press conference afterwards. Parker came in and the, and the telly was on, and Anthony uh, the foul was there, and he just said, you know, asked the journalist, he said, was that a penalty? because he hadn't seen it and none of us wanted to say anything but I was thinking yeah yeah it was mate but you know uh but I think Jenny had to learn from this but he is just a really eager you know footballer to to do his defensive duties and I think that's a testament to him really yeah most Jenkins definitely foul him outside the box yeah <laughs> possibly <laughs> pull him back yeah I agree yeah, yeah, uh, 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 you know, and there was a moment there I thought actually Travers might make the save because he was having such a good game, but it wasn't to be. Uh, and then uh, 60 minutes, about an hour, um, Junior Stanislas came on, which was, you know, it was a change and it was a positive change. It was something a bit different for Ryan Chris, who'd not had the luck. Um, and we kind of changed formation a little bit by the looks of things with Dom slightly deeper. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, really. And then... Um, I guess a bad thing because a little bit later on, Tom, we had a, a long ball to a very lonely Dom Solanke who took it down well. He jinked, he jived, and then he got taken down for a free kick. Um, but as you said earlier, Dom was isolated for, for, for most of the game, wasn't he? I feel like I'm saying it every game at the moment. He's so isolated. And then we bring Jamal Lowe on and we try and change a few things and Junior as well. And you think, right, let's get some bodies close to Dom. And, and like you say, he just drops him deeper. And I can see he's trying to get him on the ball, but you think... Leave him up there and get someone a little bit closer in and around him. Billing's still on the pitch as well. Um, yeah, and try and try and give him a problem that way. But yeah, still isolated. And then the more isolated they get, the deeper he's coming to try and try and get on the ball. And he always it feels like lately he's just trying to make things happen on his own. I feel sorry for him. I think I saw on um one of your articles, Jacob, that he had something was how many touches was it? It was a really mm. low amount, wasn't it? I think um, it was twenty seven or something, yeah. Yeah, really low amount of touches because he's just getting so frustrated. And it's um and the most touches are coming from the back line, you know, just kind of Jack Stacey who was frustrating me again. He probably wasn't one of the worst players, but he's just getting the ball and giving it to Gary Cale every single time at the moment. Just feels like you know what he's gonna do and so predictable. Um I was glad Junior come on, but I, I repeat it kind of goes back to this thing. I think you said it earlier, Jake, with a squad that we keep talking about, how strong the squad is. And and we've brought in two lone players in Leif Davis and Morgan Rogers, who can't even get in the squad now. And we're saying about kind of, we've got these injuries. We've got two players on loan, one of them from Man City, who apparently can't get in this squad. So, I mean, why is he here, really? How can you, uh, what confuses me, how can you one week and consistently bring on Morgan Rogers to try and change a game? He's been bringing him on all the time, right at the end of the game to try and make something happen. And then he doesn't make the squad the next week. Well, you either trust him or you don't, because you've been bringing him on to try and do something. And now you said he's not good enough to make the bench. So that, that confuses me a little bit. But um, I was pleased to see Junior come back because I think numbers-wise, he, he can offer us goals and assists that Christie's struggling to do at the moment. And players like Lewis Cook and Gavin Kilkenny, and the, they're not getting them sort of numbers. So you never know with Junior. He can always whack one in from distance or something like that. So it was good to see him back probably for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and he tried to do that here, didn't he? He tried to whack one in from distance, probably yeah. a little bit, a little bit too far out, really, um, for, for 
pretty much anybody in the world. But he had to go anyway, and it forced a save out the goalkeeper. Um, just palmed it to the side. No, they haven't got a regular goalkeeper, I don't think, at the moment, Middlesbrough. I think I understand they keep. He hasn't. He hasn't worked out who his number one is yet. So. Um, this this is the one you can make the instinctive saves but can't catch the ball. And I think the other one can catch the ball but can't, you know, it always seems to be the way, doesn't it? Different teams. It would have been nice um, if we'd have had some shots so we could have found out. Yeah, very true. That was our first on target, wasn't it? The Stanislas free kick. Yeah. It's just madness, yeah. Yeah, not not great. Um, and then Zamora uh, lost the ball for a, for a two-on-one. Uh, Stacey was the only defender back there. He, he blocked it for a, a Borough corner. And it really, from now on, it was, it was Borough. Firmly in the in the driving seat, I think Jacob. I think Brady almost carved out something for us with a good a good run, and Lowe took a shot, but um, it wasn't really wasn't really threatening them too much, was it? No, I think the last fifteen minutes just a blur. Um, every, everything just seemed to fall apart. Just it, it's happened quite a lot recently, and I think the players are they've got good intentions. They're trying their best, but once they go one nil down, or they're chasing the game in the last fifteen minutes. The formation, I don't know what they're playing towards the end. The way of the way of playing, you know, we you know, the first 30 minutes are trying to play out from the back. And then I don't know where Lewis Cook's going and then Philip Billings floating around. Is he playing number 10? Is he playing on the left? He's playing what all shape and that discipline that Parker always talks about before a game, keeping players in the right position, stay in that position, let the ball come to you. It wasn't happening. They were floating around and again the structure and the shape just dissipated completely. Reading your article uh this this weekend. Um, you know, you've just echoed it a lot of it, what, what you've said in there, and I, I loved what you said about um, the, the uh, a blunt, what was it, a blunt knife in attack yeah. and, a, and a plastic one at the back, uh, which yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> which really, really was that game in a nutshell. Um, it's crazy as well, isn't it, Tix? Because to say that you know, because that was bang on, but then you're thinking, yeah. start of the season, we were so clinical in both boxes. We we weren't. We had that mad run where we're just on clean sheets away from home. And then we'd have two shots and one of them would go in. And we're just, we were so clinical. And now we look very vulnerable defensively. Mm. And, um, and mm. like, yeah, we can't hit a barn door going forward. So it's, it's strange. And like Jacob said, then we're playing a certain way. And then we go a goal down. And then you don't know what we're trying to do. We're just aimlessly putting the ball up to Dom on his own and don't know where anyone's kind of playing. And it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of desperate. It looks kind of desperate. And it, certainly looks like a team that have just had their confidence just suck from them from a few bad results, which is, which is surprising. And um, yeah, we, I mean, we had a few players that I don't think are quite sharp. I think Lewis Cook is, is still not the, we talk about him like he's this player that when we first got him, but he's not, he's, he's had bad injuries. And I don't think he's the savior that people talk about, to be honest. I think he's very average again, if that. So more, I wonder if we forced him back due to that, the, the lad, I think it's Isaiah Jones, playing as well on that wing, very pacey and probably their their main outlet. So, so Jay-Z struggled at times with him, but kind of expected that a little bit. And and Billing doesn't look right either for me. So there's a lot of there's a lot of players that definitely ain't, ain't sharp at the moment. But yeah, there just doesn't seem to be any pattern collections. And then in the last game, I felt like the one that tried to give us something off the bench was Emi Marcondes, who he trusted was good enough to come on at half-time to change the game. Don't come off the bench. I, I don't get it. No, I don't get that either. And, and it, Parker talked a little bit about the substitutions later on uh, after the game. To me, it feels a little bit like uh, getting a Rubik's cube for Christmas. And you, you know, you, you, at the beginning of the season, he's he's done this with the Rubik's cubes. He's almost there, almost finished article. You know, we're starting to get things so so many things right. And then, like 
your three-year-old brother's picked it up and he's had a go. And now you look at it and you've got all the same players back, but it just, just doesn't look right. It just can't quite click. I mean, where where does Parker go from here, Jeff, do you think? It's mm. a really good question. I think the system itself is great if everybody's on a form and everybody's working hard for each other. It falls apart when you have a few players off form or a few players just not quite at it. And it's then it seems to me to be quite easy to pick us off on the counter-attack as Blackburn did and as uh, Borough did on Saturday. Um, what does he need to do? I was thinking back to when Woodgate came in last season and just went a bit more direct and just thought, right, guys, you know, we're just, you're good players. We're just going to get the ball in the box more. We're just going to create more chances. We're just going to have a go more. Forget about the pretty patterns and the controlling, dominating the possession. Let's just go for it a bit more and be a bit more, um, a bit more direct. And I wonder whether that might be something just to get the players back in the zone of how good they actually are. I think they've just forgotten what they what they can do. And it's a collective loss of belief and a collective lack of form that I, I can't recall seeing before in teams, really. I mean, you go you go to Cahill looks a shadow of the player that started the season with us. Um, the front three, I mean, Don seems to have missed a couple of chances that he would normally have buried only three or four games ago. So I don't know quite what's going on with him. Um, the other two we've talked about, and then the midfield balance is all wrong. And I don't know that. I don't know. There's an easy solution. You almost want a Woodgate-like figure to come in and just say, "Guys, smile a bit more. You're better than this. Come on, let's go out and prove it." Yeah, maybe. Sorry, dog. Max. <laughs> the Grinch reference. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you there, Jeff. I mean, this season, Jacob, we've, we've conceded 20 goals 17 of them have been the second half Man. i mean what what does that tell us about our team well if you looked early in the season it's because Bournemouth were winning <laughs> and then mm. they're they sitting back in the second half of the season it's because they're just losing their way completely um but going back to jeff's point about perhaps bringing in jonathan woodgate and i think parker might go the other way i think he might get even braver I wouldn't be surprised that you like against Fulham. I, I noticed that who t- I think it, who was it? Lewis Cook took a goal kick or something, and they were trying to play out really from the back, and they were insisting on it. And Scott Parker said afterwards that he's been hammering into his players all week. They had to be brave on the had to be brave on the ball. Problem is when you're low in confidence, you don't want to take risks on the ball. And Parker's system is all about playing forward but passing through the lines. And when you're a little bit low in confidence, you're not going to do it, are you? You're going to think, let's play the safe ball. Let's just whack it up to Solanke. Let's turn backwards it's, it's up to them players it's up to now Parker to find that confidence they've got nine days now and I think there's going to be a lot of work going into that especially from a psychological aspect I think sometimes the at the moment with this run in particular we almost the players almost look confused at what they're you know we went to to Fulham and we almost played a diamond from the start didn't we and and tried mm. to go go that way and then we've we've had games where we've dropped Lerma back and played a back three and now we're going back to the four-three-three, and then sometimes he he wants Lewis Cook to be the to kind of the deep line playmaker. Then he wants Kilkenny, and then we've got Pearson in there, and it and it just seems all a bit jumbled, and you don't really know what's going to happen. And one minute Pearson's 
starting and he's the one and then suddenly he's not the squad and you don't know if he's injured or not and it and it all just seems a little bit muddled at the moment and I know it's difficult when you when you get these injuries and and things like that of course but I just want a little bit of consistency for a few games like you know Steve Cook comes in because he needs to and then he doesn't put a foot wrong but now he's back out because Kelly's back and you just think we need a little bit of consistency there because you know I think most Bournemouth fans I probably rather Adam Smith personally but I think most Bournemouth fans would have a back four that we had on Saturday, that would be their pick, and we looked all over the place defensively. So I, I just can't get my head around it because I think, as as we said at the start, we had a really good team out there, but it feels like it's changing all the time. And like I've said before, I just don't, I don't understand that sometimes it feels like he, for example, Marcondes, he really rates him, and then the next minute you think, oh, he he doesn't, he doesn't want to be here, he doesn't, he's not going to have him, and then you think, oh, Leif Davis, he believes in him, and then you think, well, he's definitely going back in January. I can't work out who he likes, what what players he wants in what roles. You know, Lerma's going to be back for the next game if it goes ahead. And you think he'll play. So so where what are we going to ask Lewis to do in that game? And just all seems a bit jumbled. Where at the start of the season, I felt like I knew exactly what I was going to get from a Scott Parker team. And I just, I just like to know whether I agree with the system or anything. I like to know what I'm going to get from, from what we're putting out. And I just, I don't really get it at the moment. You know, we're, we're playing for the back one minute and then we're just... We're aimlessly putting balls up the next. It's it's confusing at the moment. And I just feel like surely the players are feeling that confusion at times as well. Do you think there's a there's a case to say, I might be being a bit harsh here, and, and please, all of you, tell me if you think I am, but there's a there's an odd parallel between how our, a lot of our games have gone in that we've gone like a goal up or two goals up and then we've kind of sat back to how our season has gone. You know, we've got this fantastic start. Then we've got to Christmas. Um, is it complacency? Is it injuries? Is it tactics? What do you think's playing the biggest part? I'd love to go around and ask all of you, what's playing the, the main part here? Or is it a little bit of everything that's causing us to, to kind of capitulate a little bit? I'll start with you, Jeff, if that's okay. I think there is a bit of confusion uh, tactically as to what's going on, particularly with all the chopping and changing. And maybe there's a degree of uncertainty between players and coaching staff as to understanding what their role is who's the first choice in a certain position, um, who's got the backing of the manager. And then there's also uncertainty as to what the solution is if that's not working. I, I feel that Dom would definitely benefit from a, a, another goal-scoring player alongside him, whether that's Jamal Lowe, certainly not Shane Long, but whoever that might be. <laughs> I think that that is worth looking at in January. Take the pressure off him a bit. Um and I, I just wonder whether there's a there's a bit of tiredness in playing with injury as well. You know, Christie, that was so unlike him, that performance, you know, so lacking in energy, which is normally what he's been great at. Maybe he's just struggling to to keep the pace and maybe a few of the other younger players, you know, as Jacob said earlier, you know, it's there there are a lot of young guys in that team, maybe first season playing at this level, they're struggling to to keep up with the, the physical intensity of it. Jacob, um, not everyone might know this, but you, you played football to quite a high standard uh, when you were younger. Um, you're still a very young man. Uh, what, what do you think from, from your perspective? Do you think that's what Jeff said is, is accurate or do you think there'd be something else that you throw in the mix? Definitely. I don't think it's complacency. I think they're all good guys. They've got good, honest intentions. I think the injuries has triggered probably tactical uncertainty because the injuries are causing them to change shape and they're thinking, hold on, this is not the 4-3-3 that we've been drilling in Marbella throughout pre-season. We're now playing a diamond. We're now playing three at the back. And then when they go back to the 4-3-3, they're 
they kind of lose the principles as well. I think they will get a striker in January, so I think that could be that could benefit the whole side, not just Dominic Solanke massively. But the thing I look at is at the start of the season, when both had the had the ball, they had five on the front line. They had the two fullbacks or one fullback and Christie David Brooks, the two midfielders Lerma, Billing, Solanke. At the moment, I'm just seeing one up front, and that's just Solanke, and everyone else are coming deep to try and get the ball. And then when the ball does go to Solanke, like you guys have been saying, he's isolated. So they need to get back to that. But throughout the season, the other teams, analysts, they're going to cotton on to board. And I think they've already cottoned on. And that's up to Parker and the players to rejuvenate themselves again. Yeah, I agree with both of them, Tiggs. I think um, it's a mixture of all things. And of course, when you lose injuries and suspensions, it plays a part. But Tell you what, in this league, we've got the best squad. Uh, it, you know, there's probably a couple that would be in with a shout, but we got one of the best squads by a mile. The players that don't go on our bench when we've got injuries that would walk in a lot of teams in this division. So I don't like to use that too much. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I just think that we've we've lost we've lost our identity and our way a little bit because of them injuries and maybe not trusting certain players. So yeah, I, I still think we'll get back to it, but it's just uh it's been a little bit longer than we, we would have liked. And it'll be interesting to see what we do in January as well. Um, we need to we definitely need to get a few few bodies in. I think a few will go out as well. I, I looked at Leeds at the weekend and they got nine first-team players. They'll have Leif Davis back, I'm sure, because um, he's not even playing for us. So what's the point of a loan, really? And yeah, the, the thing that frustrates me as well is I'm, I would put money on for the next game. Lerma obviously be back. Kilkenny will be dropped. And he was our best outfield player. I don't... Kilkenny, I think... Every time he plays, I think he's one of the best players on the pitch. But when everyone's back, he won't play. And he, he didn't get in the squad for a lot of the time. And I just don't, I don't really get it. You either trust him or you don't. So, yeah, certain things are a bit confusing at the moment. But we'll get back to it. Don't worry. OK, well, uh, it can't all be negative. People will be people will be watching this video and they're going to be thinking, Bournemouth, you're second. What are, what are you talking about? You're nuts. Um, and, you know, they're, they're every right to, haven't they, Jeff? I mean, it's not all bad. We're very fortunate that the other teams haven't been um, putting other sides away. You know, West Brom dropped points against Barnsley. Fulham have drawn four in a row now, haven't they? And that, it, it's helpful that they're doing that. And we're kind of fortunate that nobody is punishing us for this bad run, uh, which actually means that we're in a pretty good place to kick on you know, let's let's not forget that when we did get ourselves sorted out last season, we won what seven in a row, didn't we? So we can do it at this level. The squad can do it at this level. We know we're better than we are currently showing. It's hard work from the coaches, but it's also I I, I stress again. I think just bring back a sense of enjoyment. You know, the players were enjoying their football when we were on that run, and. There wasn't much of their, that on uh, Saturday. They couldn't wait to get off the pitch. Really, in that second half, you know, they they weren't they weren't really enjoying what they were being asked to do or enjoying what they were what they were doing. And you compare that to the under twenty ones in that midweek game they beat West Brom four 0 They're flying, you know, they're all flying. They're enjoying it, and that's what football's about. That's what our team ought to be about. Jacob, looking at the Middlesbrough team, they came with a plan. They they executed it reasonably well. We didn't we didn't we didn't maybe pounce on them the way that we should when they made all their mistakes. But you know they're being progressive there. We can't say it's all Bournemouth, can we? Going wrong. I mean, there, there's an element of you know Blackburn as well, Coventry and Derby. You know those teams have, have come to give us a game and they've given us a good game. 
No, definitely. I think they've got it spot on. I think Middlesbrough was the game where I just felt it was there for them. 3v3 at the back, go on. You know, they could unlock the door. But, you know, Tony Mowbray's Blackburn, I thought they really set up really well. They frustrated Bournemouth, they negated all their strengths. So you've got to give a lot of credit to these teams because at the start of the season, they couldn't handle Bournemouth. And now they're starting to cotton on slightly, like, we, like I said. And they're causing Bournemouth issues. And, you know, that's full credit. And that's a championship, isn't it? You're not going to have a season where it's all smooth sailing. But I do think if Bournemouth can just get that win, it's going to be ugly, their first win back. But I think it's going to set them on the road. So we've got nine days, Tom, between the last fixture and the next fixture. You've got QPR coming up. OK, what's getting you out of bed to put your socks on in the morning, that snazzy little Christmas tie? You know, what? what's going to happen against QPR? Come on, give me something. Well, firstly, I know it's not going to be as long a trip. Um, <laughs> that, that's nice. And uh, I say, I tell you what, I'm thankful. For, I'm weirdly thankful for that going to that Norwich game now because nothing feels as bad now. So um, I know it's never going to get that bad. But um, yeah, no, I've, I like we said, we, we, we've got to react at some point. We've got good players. Obviously, my, my favourite player, Jefferson Lammer, is back. So I, I just think we we just tick with him there. I think he's such it's a gaping hole when he's not playing. I think it's so evident. Um, so I'm really, really pleased that he should be back. Um, I don't know if I don't know if Jacob knows. I don't know if was Ben Pearson injured or was he just not in the squad? Because I didn't know he was injured. I'm not sure, but I do know that he has been struggling with injuries throughout the season. They've been coming back, so I, I would imagine that's that the, that's the reason. Yeah, yeah, because he keeps. It seems like he's he plays one week and then he's out the next week. Then he's back. Then. So mm. yeah, it seems like an ongoing thing, which is a shame. But yeah, I think getting Lerma back will help. I think the like you say over a week to to get with the group and just get back to basics a little bit and work with them on the training pitch. I think that's probably good for us. I think. Um, I think yeah, I think they'll do well, and I think QPR have had a few games off, haven't they? So they might be they might be a little bit kind of frail and not quite sharp. But it's, it's a game where we've got to be on it because they've got good players. They've got good players. I I like to think they they might try and have a bit of a go at us, which hopefully might suit us on the counter attack a little bit more and not kind of a low block that will be difficult to break down. But I do remember that home game against them, and we caught them out with them playing around at the back um, for Jane Nantley's goal. So there might be similarities there with the Borough game, and hopefully we can this time. Uh, take a chance but mate I'll be there and I'm looking forward to it fantastic and we've got a few uh, videos that have been sent in as well from some of you who couldn't uh, catch Sam after the game so we're going to play through some of those and when we come back after that uh, Jacob love to get your thoughts on who's been your player of the season so far if that's okay and also uh, what you think 2022 is going to bring the cherries so uh, first up will be Duncan and Duncan spoke to uh, spoke to us about his thoughts on the game Morning all, it's Monday, just thinking about the Borough game on Saturday. Uh, massive shout out to all the fans who travelled up from the South Coast, You know, particularly those who are leaving at 3am in the morning. It's alright for the likes of me who live an hour away up north, more like a home game, but well done to everybody who travelled. So when we actually review this game, uh, I think for me the two main talking points is one, our inability to finish uh, glorious chances, you know, Anthony, Solanke and Christie, you know, so we could have been going in at half-time, one, two goals clear. But the other thing for me is, what on earth does Scott Parker and the coaches say to the team at half-time? Our second-half performances, particularly away from home recently, have been abysmal. You know, we didn't compete in that second half. We gave a silly penalty away and there was nothing there, you know, for the rest of the game. There was no drive, no pressing, no pace, absolutely nothing. So big talking point. What on earth are we saying at half-time that causes these abject performances? Uh, happy Christmas, everybody. Uh, up the cherries and good luck at QPR. Cheers. Happy Christmas indeed. Uh, we've also got uh, Felipe Navidad, 
Filippo, he's got his thoughts all the way from Italy, uh, watching from there. Well, it's been a while since my last time on the channel, and uh, I'm really sorry for that, but uh, I was a bit busy and uh, I couldn't record the, the videos. And things haven't gone uh, so well for the Cherries in, uh, in the last month as the wind rock continues since November the 6th. And uh, um, Saturday's game, uh, in, look, I was really confident at the end of the first half because to, I was confident that uh, we could win the, the, for the first time at Riverside because we had the chances, but we didn't capitalize even when uh, Middlesbrough gave us the ball, uh, um, gave, the, gave the ball uh, in particular to uh, Dom Solanke and Jadon Anthony, and also including that uh, Ryan Christie chance in front of goal. He didn't arrive uh, on the ball. And uh, uh, also, Mark Travers made uh, a couple of huge saves, but in the, at the start of second half, that controversial penalty decision. It's not a penalty, of course, but and it's incredible that uh, a Premier League referee like Chris Kavanagh gave uh, gave that penalty. And uh, these things uh, can make the team gain confidence, but also they can uh, can make the team lose confidence. And uh, in this case, was uh, the latter because uh, because uh, since then it was more likely to concede the second goal to Middlesbrough than scoring the equalizer and uh, and that was that uh, and now uh, no no wins in uh, in six games um as we approach the, the the half of the season because we played 23 games and uh, but uh, but now the gap with the with the third place with the playoff places is over because uh, because uh, uh, Blackburn is having a, a run of results and uh, and they are only one point behind. So uh, Scott Scott Parker has to regroup the team because now we have uh, the festive games. Um, we have Christmas, but we have the the festive games. Uh, three three games in uh, in the space of uh, of six or seven days. So uh, QPR, uh, Cardiff, and uh, and Peterborough and uh, uh, Scott Becker has to regroup the team and make them regain confidence. And uh, in part, uh, QPR game, the QPR game in particular uh, at Loftus Road uh, is is quite tricky because uh, they have been uh, hurted by by a huge number of COVID cases and uh, in general the, in the whole country in England the situation is not good with the, with the COVID cases and uh, um, Italian media are, as well are talking about a possible suspension of the Premier League so we'll see but uh, in the meanwhile uh, I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas stay safe and up the cherries. Up the cherries indeed. You know, usually he's so positive. <laughs> I just feel like I'm just going to try one more. Morgan Scott, please, Morgan, give us some positivity, something to hold on to before we go into the next game. 48 hours later, I had a think about it. And I think there were a few positives, not many, but a few. I think um, Mark Travers was man of the match by far. Um, he pulled off some 
very good saves and it could have been three or four without him. So fair play to Mark Travis. I thought he had him. Uh, some people, including myself, were doubting him at the beginning of the season. Maybe does he need a loan? Not at all. He's he's our number one keeper at the moment. Um, and unless he does something horrific in the day, matches to come, can't see him being taken out the side. Um, yeah, in terms of, uh, I thought Kilkenny, uh, to be fair, um, I thought obviously very, very young still. I thought he did okay, to be fair. Um, he was our, uh, in the number six, so defence and midfielder, uh, most people are aware, but no, he did very well. Um, but apart from that, there was much more to take. Uh, fair play to all the fans um, for travelling up at like three o'clock in the morning and getting back at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. Um, but yeah, no, in general, it was... Uh, uh, not, uh, I, I was quite impressed with um, the Riverside as a stadium. Never been before. Um, not sure when I'll go again, if if, if I do. But um, no, I was really impressed with it. Um, probably the best one I've done all season in terms of the stadium itself. Um, just to note, uh, on the the fans were so loud. Middlesbrough, like, fair play. Because we've been to a few this season and... I think the only other good one was Derby in terms of home fan louder. And, you know, that's what it's all about. We were having a song with them and they were having a sim with us. So, no, it was all good. And we even took our shoes off as well. So, that was fun as well. But up the cherries. Merry Christmas to everyone here. And thank you very much for watching Back of the Net this year. Up the cherries. That's very nice of you, Morgan, there to give us all a happy thumbs up. And if you are a Middlesbrough fan watching this, please subscribe, click the little bell thing, because we will have a uh, an away day review coming up very soon, won't we, Tom? We will. And um, yeah, it was, uh, there was a moment, uh, Morgan just reminded me, there was a moment in that second half where I thought, why am I in Middlesbrough my shoes off? Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, it was good fun. And Morgan was right. Middlesbrough fans were pretty good. There's been a lot of uh, quiet, quiet grounds this season. I thought um, their fans really got going and uh, was enjoyable. Um, yeah, even though I, I didn't even get back for Strictly. So it was it was a nightmare weekend. I got back. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm so sorry. Obviously, no no shoes off, Jacob, for you in the press section. You get a funny, funny few looks for that, I'm sure. Um, but I'm so glad that you've come on today. If you, if you don't already check out Jacob's stuff, you don't already um, follow him on Twitter. It is excellent. It writes for the Dorset Live. Uh, and also, it's, you know, the match reports particularly and very analytical and very measured, Jacob. Um, so with your measured and analytical mind, <laughs> please tell us, who's been your player of the season so far for Bournemouth? Oh, if you asked me one. a few, if you asked me a few weeks ago, it'd have been harder, but, um, prob- I would have to say Dominic Solanke. Um, the, you know, I've come into this role. I was, you know, largely influenced by what other people said about Dominic Solanke. I used to watch him, but I didn't used to watch him week in, week out. And I thought he was a good striker. I think he's got scope now to be a Premier League striker, a proven Premier League striker. I think he's, I think he's outstanding, and I, I know he scored a lot of goals this season. But I know I got a bit of stick from Fulham fans as well a couple of weeks ago. But I do think he is the best all-round striker in the league. You know, way he can play, drop in in that number nine role. He can stretch in behind. He can link so so well. And even now, he's made. He's, you know, he's not dropping off a cliff, is he? Even with the complete lack of support around him. I think, for me, he is the standout player. And if you take away his goals, I, I don't want to know where Bournemouth will be. No, I, I wouldn't want to know that either. Um, I, I, hopefully, January, we can keep hold of him. I think that's going to be key for Scott Parker. Do you think, Jacob, we'll be able to keep hold of all the players we need to keep hold of, namely Mr Kelly? Uh, uh, Lloyd Kelly is a, it's a tricky one. I think if a big offer comes in, it will be difficult, given the financial situation and stuff, to keep him away. 
especially with Bristol City as well. I'm not sure the percentage I've heard between 10 to 20 percent sell on clause, and I think that could play an impact, you know, make an impact on Bournemouth selling him right now. But I, I think if you evaluate it and they're still second or first in the league, I think it'll be such a such a risk to sell him. But I wouldn't be surprised if players on the fringes uh, set sail in January. Eddie wouldn't, would he, Jeff? Eddie wouldn't. He wouldn't, would he, Jeff? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Steve Cook's likely to make a journey to the northeast, looking at Newcastle's defence. They need more than one Steve Cook, but we need got a goalkeeper one. as well, don't they? So, yeah, I don't think they'll come in for Travers though. <laughs> no, um, they could have Cook though, couldn't they? They could have Cook. Yeah, he could do both, couldn't he? Yeah. Could, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Lerma might be the other one who goes. Uh, we have got a surfeit of central midfielders. Um, he's our highest value one. I really hope he doesn't, but um, he's he's he'd fit into any Premier League team that wanted to stiffen up their midfield. I think. Uh, mm, yeah, we got a, 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 and I just think the January transfer window. People, players are unsettled at the moment, which is another factor in all of this. I'm sure they're all thinking about whether an offer is going to come in or not. Um, maybe we need to just we need to get a performance at QPR. I mean, I'd be happy after Saturday. I'd be happy with a nil-nil, frankly. If we if we can keep a clean sheet and get a point, brilliant. I mean, the way the way we played, the way QPR will play against us, I think we'll we'll struggle. I think we will keep keep hold of our main players. I think that I think the main players, like we mentioned there, Lloyd Kelly, um, Jefferson Lerma. They're they're not old, um, you know. They're, they're going to stay stay around, and if teams still want them, they'll still want them. And I think you'll just say to them, "Don't go in January." Scott Parker will say, "Come on, we can get get the Premier League here." Um, stick. I always remember years ago, Graben nearly went, and then we thought we might get playoffs that first championship season. We said, "Just stick till the end of the season," and then uh, he went at the end of the season. I think that will mm. it'll kind of be a bit of that. Um, I think the fringe players will go. I think mm. Steve Cook will go, and I don't blame him to be honest. Um, I definitely think he he will go. And I think that Leif Davis will go back and I think Morgan Rogers will probably go back and go on loan elsewhere because Man City must be thinking, what's the point of this? Um, I don't know about people like Mark on this. I don't know where he would go, but he must be getting a little bit frustrated as well. I think we'll have a couple of additions and a couple of fringe players go out, but I think we'll um, we'll keep hold of the main guys personally. And yeah, I agree with Jacob on Dom Solanke, talking about it with some fans at the weekend. Kind of, the, I think the top three is quite easy for me this season so far would be Dom Solanke, Jordan Zamora and Mark Travers would probably be my three um, best players of the season. Um, and there's there's some consistent players in there as well. And there, Jefferson Lerma, Jay Nantley had a good start, Christie until the weekend. But yeah, I agree. I think Dom Solanke's been, I, I can't imagine where we'd be without him, to be honest. That is a concern. It was similar last season without Dan Juma, wasn't it? So a bit of reliant on him at the moment. Yeah, a little bit, maybe too much. Jacob, before we let you go, uh, what is your prediction for Bournemouth? For for twenty one twenty two season, are we are we going to make it, buddy? Are we going to? Is this going to be? It's going to be, isn't it? Surely, I think I've said since the third week of the season, I think Bournemouth will go up, and I think they'll do it. I'll touch wood. I think they'll do it rather comfortably. They just need that win, and I think they'll be on the road. But everything's positive, and they they certainly do need to go up this season. But I, I maintain they, that they will rather comfortably. I don't think there'll be any nerves come April. I think whatever happens, Jacob. Um... And, and we've we've known this, Tom, Jeff, and I. Whatever happens at Bournemouth, it's always a ride. There's always ups and downs. It always changes, and you never know what's coming around the corner. So, um, I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying covering the club. Oh yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic. And to be honest, 
honest, I wasn't expecting the, the welcome I've received from the, the fans and everyone around and everyone connected to Bournemouth. So thank you very much. Oh, no, thank you. And, uh, that comes from, from all of us and from the heart as well, definitely. Uh, and with that, uh, I suppose that'll be it now. So when when's the next, when's QPR, Tom? 27th, 27th, so 27th. Boxing day, didn't it? Yeah. Okay, so we're all going to be about a stone heavier and a little bit tipsy, um, but we'll, we'll go along to that one. That'll be fantastic. Um, and hope all you cherries there are feeling fantastic as well, opening your, your stockings on Christmas Day. There might be a little uh, Christmas surprise from back of the net. We'll keep that one hidden for now. But until then, Tom, thank you very much. Cheers, Six. Thank you, Jeff. Cheers, Grinch. <laughs> and thank you Jacob thank you very much Merry Christmas all Hi this is the big one Steve Fletcher and you're listening to Back of the Net wonderful wonderful show there by the boys and look it, it wasn't the result that we wanted but I don't know I've, I've still got a bit of hope that we're going to turn it around and with Fulham dropping points as well I mean What's going on? It's like two slugs slowly approaching the finish line. Which one's going to get there first? Or are the likes of Blackburn, Sheffield United, etc. going to catch us up? I bloody hope not. Right, stay tuned to our YouTube channel and the pod over the festive period because there is going to be some more content heading your way. But from myself, Sam Davis, just want to say a very Merry Christmas to you. It promises to be a little better than the restricted Christmas we had last time, but it's still not the best. But enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, have some mulled wine and and mince pies and look, let's get back on board this cherry train on the 27th. Hopefully if games are are going to be going ahead in front of fans. And let's cheer on the boys to three points at Loftus Road. Fingers crossed. All the best. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you soon. You've been listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.